0: Before we get started, just wanted to let you know I have a 15% off coupon. If you want to start a podcast, go check it out. Transistor.fm slash Justin. Hey everybody, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2023. I'm Justin, and today I've got a guest, Tim Leland. Tim, how's it going, man?
1: It's going good. Great to finally be on here. I've been listening to you for, feels like, years. I don't even know how far back. Yeah, when
0: did we start the show? We started in 2018, so it's been going, going for a while. And uh, you reached out. Actually, I got I got a message from your wife and a message from you. So I I got doubled up. You, you doubled up on uh, feedback on the Aaron Francis episode, and you said, "Hey, I think it'd be fun to have me on and talk about your experience bootstrapping on the side." And you've just recently gone full time. Is that right?
1: Yeah, about a month ago.
0: About a month ago. And the product is t.ly, which is a URL shortener, which I think we can get into that too. That's That that seems like a competitive category. But maybe just for the folks at home, describe what you've been doing, you know, for the past while, what you've been working on and how you kind of built yourself up to going full time a month ago.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's a long story. I'll try tell you the uh, short version, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it really goes back to college. Graduated college and just got a job working, uh, you know, software developer, and started building websites on the side. And then eventually that turned into small apps. And then I got and got into like the Chrome extension space and started building a few Chrome extensions. And then uh, it's kind of led me to where I'm at now. To where, you know, I had a, a weather extension that grew to like 250,000 users. Um, didn't make a ton of money, but it was nice side income. And then I built a link shortener extension, um, and that actually is kind of took off and has four hundred fifty thousand users. And then that led me to TLY.
0: Wow. Okay. And uh, and you've you've also got a family. You've got you've got kids as well.
1: Yep. Yep. I have a eight year old, five year old, and three year old. All all boys. Eight year
0: old, five year old, and three year old all boys three boys okay yep. you're yep. similar to to my setup except our we have four and our oldest is a girl so we now she's at college and we've got three boys at home and, and my wife is like sad cuz <laughs> there's no, there, there's no girls around anymore just just us four boys you said okay i want to you said i want to pitch you on the idea of coming on the pod and sharing my journey of building side projects for the last decade while raising a family i can also share the guardrails I put in place before, before finally going full time on TLY. So yeah, what are, what's kind of your, your perspective on, um, maybe what Aaron and I were talking about, but also your experience in, I I mean, a decade's a long time. So you've been kind of gradually working on things on the side. How, what's been your experience with that while also having three small boys?
1: Yeah. Yeah. With kids and, you know, a house and bills and everything, it definitely makes it more challenging to say, hey, I'm going to go full-time. So um, if I could have done this 10 years ago, it would have been a lot easier of a decision to take the risk early on. Yeah. But, yeah, so some of the guardrails would have been, well, my first goal was let me make more than what I'm making or, or meet what I'm making at my current job. Yeah. And then once I did that, I kind of felt like, okay, I could probably do it, but it still felt a little risky. So then I just said, okay, let me just keep waiting. And I kept waiting until I was more like double what I was doing, which is probably pretty extreme. But once I hit that, I felt like, okay, if I don't take the risk now, I don't know if I ever will. So I just said, you know, worst case, I could lose half my revenue. I would still be all right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And then the other thing is, since I've been doing this for so long, I've always had like s- some project making some additional side income. So a lot of that we've always been saving, trying to live off of just normal salary and yeah. putting the rest into investments and things. So having a, you know, that those are my guardrails, I guess, is hopefully make more than what you do at your day job. Because, yeah. you know, there's other expenses. You got to think insurance, you got to think, uh, you, you know, you got to, to your taxes a little differently.
0: Yeah, you mean as a business owner?
1: Yeah, as a business owner. Yeah, yeah. So you got to think. Okay, I have some expense in the business. So there's, you know, that's that's kind of how I did it um, to decide.
0: Yeah, and and the, I mean, the the one kind of thing that jumps out at me right away is is the time frame that ten years of kind of consistent effort. How would you describe? your effort during that time, like, was this, uh, a few hours a week? Was this, you waking up at three in the morning, every morning and, uh, going for a one hour jog and then coding for three hours. What, what was your schedule like kind of building up to this?
1: Yeah. Before kids or when the kids were younger, it would be usually after we put them to bed, I would work for a few hours on something. And a lot of it was learning early on. So I was, you know, learning at my day job, but also building, Different apps, learning how to like scale and how to build and build and support users, and um, a lot of it's marketing, which I learned a lot from you over the years. So that's always <laughs> been helpful. Um, I
0: mean, yeah, you've been quite successful. I don't know if I've ever done anything that's had that many users. So uh, you, you've clearly done something right. You, you're reaching a lot of people.
1: Yeah, yeah. The challenge is, you know, I I I need to figure out how to do a better job at converting. So if I have, mm. you know. 450,000 users using a, a free chrome extension. How can I get, you know, a higher percentage of those to convert? And that's something I'm I'm actively working on.
0: Yeah. Is that is that your funnel right now like the people funnel from a free chrome extension over to your your paid URL shortening service and then you're hoping that a few of those I um, I think you can use your shortener for free, but then the idea is that eventually folks will upgrade to either $5 a month, $20 a month, or $50 a month.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, the extension initially was all I... I built the link shortener extension and didn't even have Mm t.ly. And um, I grew that to be, um, you know, I don't know, maybe 10, 50,000 users. And at that point, I decided I need to build t.ly and put subscriptions around it. And then, so yeah, you can install the extension, use it free, and then that's, that was my initial funnel. Now I'm, you know, branching out to more of like, okay, um, SEO, getting more people who just search URL shortener or URL, URL shortener with custom domain, those type of things. More advanced features, trying to get those users to subscribe and uh, sign up to, you know, unlock some of those uh, features.
0: Yeah, yeah. We got to get to your SEO hot tips. Later on in the episode, because I'm curious too. Uh, But let's get back to this idea of building on the side. So it, it sounds like over the past 10 years, you've had babies throughout there, right? And you were just at nighttime putting in a few hours for learning, for like figuring your own things out, doing projects, doing experiments. Am I characterizing it correctly?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times it was just paying, you know. Can I make something that I would pay for lunch? You know, that was kind of my initial goal, or get you know, get coffee and not feel like a, not feel guilty about doing those things. So that was initially uh, the goal. Also, pay for the servers and hosting and things like that.
0: And I'm sure uh, if you're like me, there was also a. This is actually one interesting thing about having kids is that for me, it definitely created this additional motivation of, well, first comes the realization wow, this is more expensive than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. It's just expensive um, in a way that sneaks up on you. And then the idea being, okay, wow, I I need to make more income for the family. How am I going to do that? And it becomes this additional motivator, right? It's like, okay, well, I've got the day job and that's paying me whatever. And now I'm trying to do stuff on the side as well you know like I want to make a little bit more on the side was that true for you a little motivation on the side
1: oh yeah yeah definitely yeah so you know you realize real quick it progress moving up in a job you know takes time so in my mind I was like if I could do anything on the side with the skills I have why not you know go for it and yeah um, initially it was just building websites that's something that almost any developer could do is go out to like businesses and then uh, you know, pitch them on building a new website. That's that was kind of how I r- originally got started.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, I would build like WordPress sites on the side all the time, which is its own form of stress. Like that. That I remember. I feel like in ret- I mean, in retrospect, it's probably all it all contributes to where we end up. But the, uh, uh, the I, I have this constant like debate in my head, which is I wonder if I had put. As much energy as I did into side projects, if I'd put that same energy into uh, career progression, if, uh, you know, where I would have ended up or whatever. And uh, it's just interesting to think about it because I, I think for a lot of folks, getting a better paying job is actually probably a better option. Um, maybe not in this economy, but the, you know the the idea is that you could, for example, switch employers. Every big jump in salary I had was switching employers. And it seems like a lot of folks don't even consider it. It's like, well, no, I'm just going to kill myself building WordPress sites on the weekend. It's like, well, you could put in maybe the same amount of effort, really researching a company. I remember one time, I just put all my effort into applying at 37 Signals and um, I I didn't get a response the first time and then the second time they flew me down for a job interview and then I was going to take the job with them and it was less money, but then I went to my existing employer and said, I'm thinking about taking this job because it's remote and then they gave me, I think like a $10,000 raise or something, maybe $15,000 raise. And so it was like, wow, like that that, that was a big jump just because I said I would, might switch careers. Um, anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a, a tangent, but did you consider, uh, like career progression or did you just feel stuck in the career? Like what was the, was there any sort of math on that side?
1: Yeah. But I think I see sometimes people say, how do I make, you know, $10,000 a month and in- the number one way is just go get a job that pays 10,000. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the best approach for that versus trying to build a SaaS product that does not Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've I mean, I, at the same time, while I was building things, a lot of the knowledge of working like nights and weekends were helping me at my day job. So I was progressing and I, you know, I did move up over time and, and make more and more money. So, I mean, that's definitely not a bad approach. Um, uh, but if I go back to my very first job out of college, I remember I went and it was like 8 to 6. And I would walk in some mornings, it would be dark, and I would leave some nights at 6. And I thought, hmm. I don't know if I can do this for the next 40 years or so. Yeah. Um, so, I always kind of had in back of my mind, like, if I could build something, that would be, you know— what I would want to do. Now, working from home and remotely helped a lot with that. So that's not as big of an issue. But yeah, um that that was kind of my mindset all along is, okay, if I could build something that did make enough money, I would, you know, go for it and try to build it to be really big.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I, I think that is the flip side. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can go get a job. But for some folks, there's always just going to be this kind of insatiable hunger to do your own thing, own your own thing, build your own thing or have a retroactively, I'm wondering like, ah, I wonder if some of those first jobs, if they'd given me some equity, if I would have stayed or if they'd, you know, what, if they'd allowed me to work remote right from the beginning, um, because I've also been in the experience of like throughout my entire career, I've hired people and part of the hiring process for me was like saying, okay, well, like, what are you trying to get out of this? Like, what problems are you trying to solve in your own life? And, you know, for some people it's like, I hate my commute. Other people, it's like, I've got all these student loans I'm trying to pay off. Other people are, you know, they've got all these things that are causing them to hustle, maybe on the side, build something on the side, build websites on the side, build projects on the side. And as an employer, um, you know, at different jobs I had when I was hiring people, sometimes I could just hire these people and I could just see all of their stress and everything just go down. And they no longer had that desire to run their own thing. They were just (laughs) so happy to uh, not be running their own thing. I have another friend here and he was like a solo contractor forever doing all sorts of like cool AWS infrastructure stuff. And then he got hired at Automatic And it was like, Automatic just took care of everything for him. And now he's like, I'm so glad I'm not running my own business, you know? And it is a legitimate option. Like, I I just think that people should, there are some folks who are just like, you know what, I just have these things I'm trying to accomplish. Like, I just want more family time, less commute, remote work, a little bit more money, and that's it, you know, and some autonomy in my work. And if you find an employer that can give you that, then maybe that's good for you. There are other people, I think, that are just like, you know what, this is never going to be enough until I'm running my own thing. Do you feel like that was you? Which which side are you on, do you feel?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one. I am kind of in the middle because I, you know, for years enjoyed, you know, working with people, working for a company. Um, there's definitely great benefits. Uh you know, and like, yeah. When you go home at night, you don't really have to, you know, worry too much about, yeah. You know, if something goes wrong, but no. At the same time, you know, if if a company could offer like ownership and um, all those great benefits that you mentioned, like that would definitely be a selling point. I I do enjoy like if I build something and then directly, you know. For that time, more people sign up, or you know, subscribe, or, or you know, make more money off of it. I enjoy that part of it, so that I feel like when I build it, I'm the owner of it, type of thing. So
0: yeah, well, I think that's good. I think we've painted a picture of multiple paths to self actualization. Maybe that'll be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you're working on this thing. I mean, I think the other thing to point out with with what you're talking about is. I mean one of the things we discuss I discussed with Aaron is he he describes this as his maximum effort era. How would you describe your effort all along? Uh was was it like how yeah, how did that feel to you over this decade leading up to you going full time? What was the amount of effort? What was the cost? Did you what did you have to give up? Maybe talk through a few of those things.
1: Yeah, I, I, that maximum effort kind of hit home with me when he was talking about that and um so f- over the years I would say there would be times where I would put in maximum effort and then I would burn out and take breaks and Okay. So I was it was kind of like up and down and it would be like okay something seems to be working and then I would kind of like get discouraged and then I'd be like all right I'm going to take a break just relax um and as far as like what maybe I missed out on uh, probably like just not watching as much TV that, which, you know, some people would say that's probably a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. um, I, I, you know, I, I don't really watch a ton of TV. So I think I would spend a lot of the time, um, you know, working on things, probably lost a lot of sleep over the years. There were times where I'd be doing something and, you know, I'd have to wake up early the next morning, but I would be up till two, three o'clock in the morning and then I'd be like a zombie the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was definitely rough at times. But um, back to what you said earlier about having kids uh, and, you know, thinking about, okay, I'd like to make more money. I only have this much time. Mm -hmm. I think it really helps you to, like, focus so that if, if I didn't have those factors, I might would have, like, wasted a lot of time, built something that didn't really, you know, do anything versus when you have very little time you end up you know saying okay what can i do and get done in the next hour or two yeah push it out there and that's kind of how i've always worked like going back to like the weather extension i would you know be like okay what can i do make it a little bit better fix some bugs whatever push it out and then be done and then you know move on to something else
0: yeah it's kind of like the ultimate pomodoro (laughs) because you just know like uh, okay, uh, the baby's napping. My spouse is out shopping for groceries. I've got one hour to to do something with, and I'm just going to use that m- the most efficiently that I can. Because I was very similar. I just had projects all along. There was a there was a period of time where, uh, like in my early 20s, when our we had one one or two of our babies that were still quite young. We we. I tried launching a business with a, my brother and a friend that ended up not working out. And then after that, my wife asked if I could take a break from uh, from that stuff, just go get a job, take a break, just, you know. And so I, I took a pretty good break. I mean, for me, I took a pretty good break from like, let's say, 2008 to 2012. Really didn't work on any. No, a few things, but for me, it was like I was taking a break. <laughs> but when I did start working on stuff again, you know, I th- I wanted to be more mindful about it. And my motivation was always like, I'm doing this for the family. There's also a big part of me that I think maybe I wasn't completely honest, like a big part of me was doing it for me too. Like I just had that desire to that itch I needed to scratch and I I do think that between 2012 and 2000, mm, let's say maybe 16, 17, there were probably multiple times where I was just consumed with thinking about the business. Like, even though I was trying to be balanced, you know, it was just like, it's just so easy when you're at the dinner table to fit, to kind of like zone out and be thinking about something else or all the other things that could fit in your brain. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> uh, when's the last time I took the kids to the park? Uh, oh, we got a birthday party coming up. Uh, oh, we still need to plan a vacation. Man, it's been three weeks since I've gone on a date. Like all those normal things that you could be thinking about for me, got replaced by business thoughts. Did you have any of that? And were you able to set up any sort of guardrails that were actually effective in in creating good boundaries between those things?
1: Yeah, you probably would have to ask my wife that question. <laughs> she, I'm trying to think back. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I really missed out on anything. Um, I Probably now more than ever in the last six months or so where I've been, you know, con- kind of consumed with TDILY, like thinking, what can I do? What can I do to, you know, I keep thinking like I turn the turn knobs, I switch this, I do this, and then, you know, I see different results. Um, so I keep trying to think what knobs can I turn? Mm-hmm. What switches can I, you know, to grow traffic, to grow users. Yeah. But like in the past with some of these other projects, it would just be like maybe t- 10 o'clock at night and I would just get on my computer and you know, i I would probably be thinking about it all throughout the day. And then I would put like little reminders in my phone. And I just go through and be like, Oh, I need to do this. This is a good idea. I need to try to, you know, fix this issue or go through my emails. Um, but no, really, probably in the last like, year is when I've really been more consumed now more than ever, which yeah ha- ha- has had some negatives to where I'm, you know, thinking a lot about the business more because now it's more important. It's like okay, if it fails now, then you know I'm gonna have to do a 180 and you know either go back and get a regular job or uh, figure out you know what can I do to fix it type of thing.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. There's two things I I want to touch on there. One thing I just keep thinking about, and and maybe this is just me, so I'm I'm open to that that being true. But realizing that creating room, creating space, creating margin to even have thoughts. So, I mean, since Transistor's been doing well, and I've kind of, in some ways, taken my foot off the accelerator a little bit in terms of, like, pushing myself real hard, all of a sudden I've had room, space, energy, the mindfulness to be aware of other things, And that could be things with me personally, like my own mental health. It could be things with the kids. It could be things with my spouse. It could be things with friends. It could be things with my parents. Like I've called my mom and dad probably more in the last two or three years than I have combined since I left home. And part of it is I've just had more room, more space to, I've given myself more space to have those thoughts. And it's almost like I have only a certain number of thought blocks in a day. And it's just so easy for me to default to business because <laughs> I like business. There's lots to think about. There's lots to do. And as you said, there's always these different knobs that you could be turning. I'm Having this realization personally, I've just wondered how other people have dealt with that because there is a real danger, I think, to feeling like, well, I'm present. I, I show up for all the kids' recitals and uh, my spouse and I have just a recurring date night all the time. And again, it could just be me, but I just found like it, it was a real battle to give myself the room, the space To just not think about business and to allow other thoughts to come up, like, oh, I wonder how my second youngest is doing in math right now. Like, I should be thinking about that. And yeah, I'm wondering what you think about all that. Like, what's the, is there a danger or a risk when you're building stuff like this to just fill all your thoughts and all the uh, available brain? time and space with business stuff to the exclusion of some other stuff that might kind of naturally emerge if you gave it space and time to do so. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's that maximum effort. I'm, my, you know, the last six months or so, I feel like I've been putting maximum effort into T-L-Y. Um And yes, there have been times where I probably have thought, okay, I'm, you know, throwing the baseball with my oldest son and I'm not really thinking about what we're doing. I'm thinking about some other idea I have or I need to be doing this. Or, you know, you're sitting at the dinner table and you pull out your phone and, you know, writing down reminders so you don't forget or responding to emails. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sometimes, yeah, I'm telling myself, it's worth it. Let me do this now. And then, you know, I'll make up for it with the more time later. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely like you're taking, you're gambling, you're gambling this time for, hopefully more in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's a risk. I think it, it was there an episode where um, he talked about how his wife, it was him, right? He said his wife really, you know, took did a lot of the stuff with the kids. And mm-hmm. that's why I sent it to my wife originally because I was like, I bet you can relate to this. And she's like, you know, great mom. She, you know, does a lot and keeps, keeps us kind of organized on that side. So yeah, that really helps out. Um, it allows me to, you know, focus and, you know, spend time doing the, this stuff, like the business side of things. So,
0: yeah. And I think that's like another thing I, I have tried to, um, bring up is that if there's alignment there, like if one person's like building a business or projects on the side or whatever, and the, the other person is okay with that, and is also okay to take on uh, another role. And they're just like, you know, if one person just wants to be like home with the kids, that's their full time thing. That's great. That's that's a, a an alignment that can work. I just have an inbox full of examples of people <laughs> who have emailed me saying, "Man, like, wow, this just did not work because." You know, maybe their spouse doesn't want to do that much of the housework and child rearing and other things. I think that's like this crucial bedrock to all of this is uh, having as much alignment as you can and being pretty sure about it. Like, okay, like this this is going to consume some of my thinking blocks, some of my energy blocks and... That's going to mean I have to give that space up for something else, and all of this is a bet. I'm betting my time, energy, focus, and resources now, with the hope, like you said, of it paying off uh, in the future. And also, depending on what kind of business you build, <laughs> that that could be there or it couldn't be there either, right? Like that. There's um, these are all difficult things to figure out, especially since for me, so much of the motivation was like, I just knew we needed to to make more money. And so knowing that, and then I also just knew I didn't want to commute anymore. And I also, so in the, in the search for these things, it's good to want those things. And then it's just like this navigating the costs, what you're giving up, if you're giving up too much right now, it's, None of it's easy to figure out, you know.
1: Yeah, I've thought over the years. I've I've thought to myself, I wish I could just kind of be normal and just <laughs> you know work it, work a nine to five, enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: just always, you know, like I said, I would take breaks over the years and I would, you know, work on something, get a great idea, and then. Um, but yeah, I would be. You know, why can't I just you know go to work, come home, and but I you know just my. I guess, drive to to build something just mm-hmm. every single time, just took over. And I was like, okay, this idea is going to be it. I just need to, you know, build it, put it out there, see what happens. And yeah um, it's definitely been a journey. And everything kind of builds on top of each other, too. So that's what's been nice is the learnings of your past have really helped your future.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think overall, especially the way you did it, kind of gradually... Because Aaron describes maximum effort as uh, the most, the the max I can do. He says the effort he can give is the maximum de- determined, but by what he's willing to sacrifice. In my mind, it, it sounds like he's saying like, okay, there's things I won't sacrifice, and I'm willing to give everything else to that. And maybe one reason that hasn't really resonated with me is because it's like to me, it was like, well, of course I'm not going to watch TV. Like I'm the same. I don't watch TV. I don't watch sports. I don't have hobbies. Like all that stuff resonated with me, but that was just like, well, of course that's not going to be true. I always found it difficult and maybe he just doesn't have this difficulty. I always found it difficult to navigate in real life when you're getting up to like, am I going to be home for dinner? Sure. Okay. I'll be home for dinner, but then am I going to stay up all night and then just be a real shithead the next day? Well, that happened a lot. And then am I going to be like consumed by something uh, like a launch or whatever? And then my kids are saying, hey, dad, dad, dad. And I'm just like in my own world all the time. That stuff just happened more than I'd probably like to admit. So how, how do you define, like, what is the effort piece for you? Is it just like, have you been good at just saying, you know what? This part, I'm just... I'm not going to cross that line, and I'm good with it. Or have and it, or have you just been able to do it over a longer period of time, like you see, said ten years, and just that pace was manageable? What's the navigation of all that for you?
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the benefits of you know building a business on, like a, a web web business SaaS product is you're usually home anyways mm-hmm. um, unless you have to travel with it so that's that's kind of been a benefit to where you know I usually was would be always home working on something um, but yes yeah, so you might be home but are you present mentally mm-hmm. uh, not not I wouldn't say a hundred percent always uh, you know like I said the whole you know being at dinner and checking your phone yeah um, so I, those are things to, to work on so be present in the times where you know it's it's important you know don't miss School events, sporting things, um, try to be there for all those. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think a lot of my sacrifice was probably my own sleep and uh, probably health at times. But and also maybe doing what I want to do. You know, like watching TV or like I don't really watch sports or TV, so that that really helped with uh, you know giving you that extra time.
0: The the other thing though is that it's interesting because like the in in a way your own sleep. I think you said sleep and health is your own sacrifice, but in another way, that affects everybody else. <laughs> so it's like, I, I understand the distinction, like, oh, I'm just giving this up. I, I, it can also, I think, set up sometimes a uh, this idea of like, yeah, I'm just sacrificing my own stuff for the sake of the family or whatever. And again, I'm just speaking personally, but I haven't found that always to be healthy, like... I also had that feeling like, well, I'm just up at, you know, four in the morning working on this email newsletter that I'm going to send out that's, you know, contributing to this bigger thing I'm trying to build over time. Overall, am I glad that I did it? Yes. And, but on the other hand, I'm always kind of questioning. I wonder if I could have done it differently. I'm wondering if I could have been uh, better to myself, which it would have in turn, helped in other areas of life, just like, eventually, you know, the sleep doesn't just affect you, it affects other folks too. And, uh, you know, the same is true for our physical and mental health. Eventually, you know, you can't, you can't keep grinding that down. And then, uh, you know, think that it's not going to affect anything, right? Like, it's going to eventually affect you, which will in turn affect the, the people around you. I'm open to the idea that other people just navigate this better than me, but I'm also like wanting to it feels like I, I have this responsibility to also question not just not just you or but just the listener to say, you know, how healthy are you being? Are you is there something you can do to make this more manageable, more healthy for you? We can sacrifice things for a certain stretch, but in in some ways, your position is also interesting. That was the second thing I wanted to talk about is once you've launched the business and you've cut the cord to the employer and you're like, okay, I don't want to go back. <laughs> that part there was like kind of a whole other phase of this. In some ways, everything up to that point was more manageable for me because it was just like, yeah, like if this email newsletter doesn't go out, it's fine. Um if this launch doesn't do as well, it's fine because I still have a full-time job. But once I cut the cord to the job, that became more kind of consuming. Have you felt that way too?
1: Yeah, definitely more, you know, pressure and I would say even stress of, you know, not messing messing something up to, Mm -hmm. you know, cause, cause issues. You got, you know, when you're doing this solo, you've got servers, you've got, uh, you know, users support, you got all kinds of issues that can happen. So, um, yeah, I, I keep thinking, you know, six months I'll feel like, okay, everything's gone well for six months. I'm in a good state and, and, uh, you know, I'll feel better about it, but I don't know. Yeah. Do you still worry at times
0: <laughs> uh no i I worry a lot less, so that that part is true. There's a threshold where but it took a while to get here right because i went I went independent in two thousand and sixteen with marketing for developers course, and I thought, okay, I'd done like whatever sixty or seventy k on that part time and I thought well, if I go full time, maybe I can double it, and I ended up doing more than double it so initially those things were great but then there was kind of like you know like in terms of uh marketing for developers it just was it wasn't like a saas where there's like this recurring revenue always coming in right with transistor the initial period of building it was stressful but once we hit you know probably 20k a month um I calmed down a lot. And then since then, it's just more and more calm because you get... After a while, you just realize, sure, there is a a chance that this could all go away overnight, but it's just so small, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's gone down. But every business is going to be different. I mean, I've talked to friends who have SaaS businesses and they are stressed constantly um, because of the market they're in, because of the competition. Um, I mean, if if a big player in our industry really hammered us, that would be stressful for sure. But overall, on a day-to-day basis, it's definitely less stressful. <laughs> so there, that that part, and we've got more people now. So it's like, at first it was just John worrying about servers and then me worrying about John worrying about servers. And now <laughs> Jason is also worrying about servers. So it's like the the, the stress is spread out a little bit, you know? Uh, and then, you know, Helen's always there to help with customers. And now I've got Josh as well. And it, it's just like, okay, between us five, we can, we can manage all of this. Yeah. So I'd say it's less stressed now, but it really, de- it, it depends on so many factors, right? Let's maybe in the last little bit here, let's talk a little bit about, t.ly. So you went full time on it. Once you done double the revenue of your salary,
1: yep yeah, close close to it yeah
0: and it's only been a month but how's it gone since then what's uh, th- the way you described like working on the knobs that's exactly <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what it is it's like once you get something that's working it's like okay now you're just like kind of iteratively turning knobs and hoping that you get uh you know little boosts so yeah how's it been since you launched since you went full time
1: yeah it's been it's been good um you know my big focus has been, Um, trying to split my time between like features and marketing. So if in my mind, if I could just continue to grow like awareness of T.ly being out there, Mm -hmm. people are still looking for URL shorteners every single day. They're still, you know, using them. There's actually some new, like, well, I would say newer, but newer use cases I've seen where people are Um, using, like, URL shorteners and putting, like, QR codes in books. And so there's always, like, these new ideas for, you know, how people are using them. Um, It gets quite a bit of traffic just, you know, searching for uh, a URL shortener. And so that's been my biggest goal is how can I move up in search ranking for some of those key terms? And then from there, just you know, building more brand awareness.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is, I mean, I I, I, want, I, think now's the time for your SEO hot tips because in my mind, like when you told me about this in our Twitter DMs, I was like, URL, like URL shorteners, that is competitive. Like, it's just like a lot of people have been doing it. There's been some big players like TinyURL and Bitly that have been around forever. And I searched for URL shortener free and you're on the first page you're you're right up there with uh <laughs> those folks I just mentioned so how did you do that Tim <laughs> <laughs> um
1: well, well one thing by kind of nature of the product so like you know backlinks are I'm I'm definitely you know I'm not an ex- SEO expert I've been trying to learn as much as I can but um so or when you think of a, a URL shortener by nature, they get a lot of backlinks because people will create a short link, post it on a website, post it somewhere, and through all that, I guess you get you know some credit. So that's that's helped where you know you have millions of backlinks. But then, how to compete against these other ones that have you know maybe hundreds of millions of backlinks? Um, yeah, that's, it's just been kind of like you know multiple things: writing content around anything to do with. Short links marketing. So I've you know been doing a lot with the blog, um, trying to you know do a little bit of keyword research, um, trying to figure out some of that stuff. But building additional like uh, tools that kind of help with marketing. So like just like a QR code builder um, on the site, uh, like a some other you know tools that drive additional traffic. And then also just like really trying to make it easy for if somebody wants to create a short link, they can come on the homepage and click, click shorten, and they'll get a short link right away. Versus some of the other ones, make it a little bit more difficult, want you to sign up and um, that type of thing. So, and then also I've been trying to do you know some promotion stuff to where I get people to you know write about it or you know share articles about url shorteners in T.O.Y. I
0: mean it just sounds like just standard stuff. Like you're 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 you've got a product that people are searching for. So I mean I think this is the I mean in some ways it's like it is amazing that in such a big established category an upstart like you could start something and get traction right? Like that is amazing in a way. Um, and I think speaks to this idea of like people being in motion, searching for a solution is kind of the foundation of every good business. And even when things are competitive, sometimes there's a way of threading the needle to getting enough attention. Cause yeah. And are you using tools like you're using just like hrefs to, to monitor backlinks and keywords? Is there anything in particular you're looking at in Ahrefs or similar tool?
1: Yeah, I, I, I've signed up maybe like a month ago for Ahrefs. So I haven't really been using it for that long. Um, it It's helped a little bit to, you know, track some different things. Um, but for, you know, for the most part, like the keywords are pretty straightforward for what I'm trying to do and adding new features that people have been wanting and then writing, you know, articles about how to like, bulk-shortened URLs, and people are searching for that type of stuff. So, um, you know, once I kind of figure out that, I just keep, keep doing it. <laughs>
0: so so your, your keyword research tactic, Tim's t- keyword research tactic, is just to listen to what customers are asking for, build it, and then write a blog post with those keywords in it.
1: Yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes it doesn't have to be too complicated, right? Like, And if you're listening you might already be ahead of the co- the competitors just because you're listening. So what are people actively wanting? What do they want so much so that they're willing to search on Google for bulk shortened URLs and then like look, 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 and then find t.ly. And then if you don't have what they want, they ask you for it. Like there's just so much effort there. And if they're willing to go through all of that work, it's probably a pretty good signal that you know that's what they want. Uh, yeah, I just search for bulk shortened URLs, and yet yeah, you're on the first page. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. It's really impressive. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? Any other things that you think? I, I'm surprised that you just started using hrefs. Have you tried any paid acquisition?
1: Yeah, I'm, I've you know experimented maybe a year ago, and then recently I've started it back. Um, Google Ads, just tr- trying. Uh, it, it hasn't really converted well. Mm-hmm. Uh at least I'm mean, and I'm not an expert on that either. So at times you feel like you're just wasting money you know, paying Google. But yeah. Um yeah, I've been experimenting with it, I guess, trying to, you know, drive more awareness, get more signups, and then see if I can convert some of those users.
0: And when you talk to customers, is the vast majority just saying, Yeah, I just I was just searching for you on searching something on Google, tried a few things out and then landed on T.ly, is that, and what's the differentiator? It's just like you have features that they want that nobody else does?
1: A uh, couple of things there. So yeah, so I I try to talk to customers, but a lot of times, you know, I don't really hear anything back. I have some like, you know, onboarding emails, but a lot of times they'll say, I searched for URL shortener, and one of the key differences is mine's the shortest uh, okay. kind of I'm trying my latest marketing tactic is uh, marketing it as the world's shortest URL shortener okay uh, <laughs> curious your thoughts on that but. I
0: mean, if, if that's what people are are searching for if there's if they care about it then it matters
1: I do get a lot of messages about that they say they wanted to create short links and mine was the shortest yeah, so that's what kind of drove them huh. um, yeah so they want features and then some of the other ones so when I started the, the Back in like 2018, when I started the link shortener extension, um, I think it was Bitly charged like $1,000 for custom domains. Mm. And since then, I don't know what their latest price is, but it's, you know, it's more expensive than mine. So, mm-hmm. if somebody who's just a you know s- solo person or small company and they want to create a few hundred or thousand like branded links, uh, my my solution is really the most affordable, which I know as a... You know, when you talk about pricing isn't always the best thing to be the cheapest but um that's kind of one of my ways i try to stand out is to be more affordable
0: yeah I actually i i'm 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 against the grain on this one i i think that when you're an indie product and you're trying to stand out one of the easiest most accessible ways to stand out is to be more affordable i i think it's a fine <laughs> it's fine to be more the more affordable option as long as you can make the economics work as long as you've got enough volume coming in responding to that pricing and as long as those customers are um, not too much trouble to service i think it's great it's it's such an easy way like if there's two comparable products and one is more affordable most of us choose the more affordable option it's like okay i could go here i could go here and they're both the same or similar. And it's like, well, okay, I'm just going to go after, you know, the one that's a little bit more affordable. Um, and if you can give better customer service on top of that and everything else, usually the problems with... The, the funny thing about this binary of, like, don't charge less is that there's so much other nuance that you'd have to explore to see if that was truly a bad idea. Um, like, are if sure, if you don't have enough volume... Of interest, and you're charging $10 a year, th- that's gonna be tricky. But if you're a landing page builder like Card, and you've got tons and tons of interest, lots and lots of people want this thing, charging $19 a year is actually a huge advantage because there's tons of people like me that signed up, don't even think about it every year. It's just $19 that just, it's okay. And they're going to have me for life because now I've built... uh, Also, people's jobs to be done are interesting. Like, Card for me, sure, I build some landing pages on it, but the primary use case is those people that want me to build a website for them, I just say, let me build you a free site on Card, just one page, I'll do it for free. And then if you need something more than that, go and get yourself a Squarespace, you know, whatever. And... I'll just keep it alive, just so pe- people come to me. I can just build them a quick site, and then I don't even have to think about it anymore, right? So yeah, I think I think being the more affordable option, it's one way to stand out. And on some of these things, like GeoCodio, I think did this as well for uh, you know their their API. Google's was more expensive. If if the thing that's driving people to look for a solution is we were on Google, but now it's too expensive, or now we need this solution, but bit.ly's is too expensive. Why wouldn't you want to position yourself in there to be like, yeah, we're a little bit more affordable. Seems great. <laughs> Seems like a uh, an underrated uh, strategy, to, it, as long as all the other variables match up.
1: Yeah, well, that's good to hear because I've always felt like maybe I underpriced it. But um, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get the people who are just, you know, they might need a few short links uh, for different marketing things. People need it for I've seen people who are um, getting married and they want to have a short link to put on their um, invitation yeah. or a QR code. So they'll use it. They don't really need a ton of features. They just need to create it. So that's why it's kind of a good solution for those type of users.
0: Yeah. Uh, how's churn? Is churn okay?
1: Yeah, I'd have to go and look. I, it's it's not bad. I mean, once people kind of get using it, they, they stick around. But yeah, I don't have the number on the top of my head. But it's... It's it's not massive.
0: I mean, that's usually the other concern with lower priced options. I just, I thought of it because you said weddings. I'm like, oh, well, that's a, obviously a high yep. churn scenario there. Mm. Um, but if you got it, you I mean, the other thing is like, somebody might use it for their wedding. And then three months later, their boss says, hey, we need a tool for tracking how, how many people clicked on this link. And they go, oh, well, I use that for my wedding. Why don't we just use it for this as well so those things can build on each other so one scenario might be high churn but the the next one that comes along might be fine right there's uh lots of options <laughs> there's yep. there's lots of nuance beyond um some of the generalized device that's out there
1: yeah yeah i enjoy just you know helping out like people use it for free that's the majority of users using it are just creating free links i mean if you go on Twitter and search t.ly slash, you can see just like thousands of people are sharing and and most of those people are just doing it for free. And I kind of enjoy that part as a developer, just building a product that, you know, almost from day one, since I had the user base using the extension, I had thousands of people creating short links. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a neat feeling. And, and, you know, I enjoy that. It doesn't really always make you money, but um, it is a neat side to where, you know, people are, using the service and um, getting a lot of benefit out of it
0: yeah perfect man well this was good I think we we covered a, we covered a lot of ground I as always if folks are listening right now yes that means you in your car and you want to <laughs> pull over to the side write down some notes shoot me or Tim a DM write us an email whatever Tim is Tim Leland l e l a n d on Twitter I'm M I Justin, the letter M, the letter I, Justin. Go check out t.ly or even better, search for URL shortener free, <laughs> and then click on <laughs> t.ly first. Um, that really helps us indies out when people Google search and then click our result first. Try it out. I just tried it. I love how you make a you make a link and it automatically gives you that QR code. That's that's some smart product design there. And uh, Tim, you also have a blog, Tim com. yep anything else we should tell people about
1: uh no definitely send me a message i try to try to respond to anything that people send me so and uh if you need to create a short url use t.ly
0: <laughs> <Use> the world's <laughs> shortest yes url shortener <laughs> cool well, thanks it's a for little doing cheesy this. no i love it man i love it thanks for doing this tim
1: yep thanks for having me on That's where you know, being a developer, I don't always think about the marketing, but I, I'm trying to do more and more. I've always thought if I could find me a Justin Jackson <laughs> to to be the marketer. That's I bet you've gotten that a million times. Like, hey. I need you to come be the marketer and I'll just be the developer because developing is easy. It's the marketing. It's, it's so challenging at times. Like what should I do next? Yeah. Well,
0: I'm going to save this clip in case I ever find myself unemployed, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wow. You made it all the way to the end of this episode and you're still listening. Just wanted to remind you that you can get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting when you go to transistor.fm Justin. That's my personal coupon code. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, now is the time. And you can use cool features like this where you dynamically insert ads or announcements into your podcast episodes, pre-roll, mid-roll, and post-roll. So go to transistor.fm slash Justin, get 15% off your first year of Transistor. Thanks for listening.